to the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Lord Daniel Abraxas. <laughs> That's fine. I'll just stick with that. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> just, just roll with that for this whole thing. I'm, I'm defeated as a person. Yeah. I, I, I once was Dan Ended. <laughs> uh, and today we have a very special guest, actually the person who's guested the most on this podcast. Uh, introduce yourself. This is the wife, Rachel. Okay, Rach. You have to use your customer service voice today, okay? I need you to bring it up a couple decibels. Just pretend like when you are in high school, did you do like plays where you would sing in front of everyone? Yeah, it made me really nervous. And they would be like, breathe out of your diaphragm. Project to the last person in the room, you know? Yeah, I was never able to do that. that that's me. Project to me. That's Dan in, in this point. I can't, um, I can't hear you. So, uh, you know, everybody knows in this podcast that we did Speed Racer. Um, it's a point of tremendous attention because everyone who's listening to this is a hardcore, die-hard Rachel's Review Corner fan, <laughs> and beyond that is a Movie Blues podcast fan. Um, and it, you know that movie has been a point of major contention in um, both our friendship and in this podcast. And um, so I thought maybe we could watch another hotly contested movie from the Wachowski brothers that some people like, but mostly everybody hates. <laughs> um, and uh, so we watched Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, and, we, um, we, we watched it together. We did. We watched it together, which is a special treat. It's a gift and a curse, you know? Because we did watch a movie together, but it was real bad. Yeah, Dan got the nicest television ever, and introduced me to it by blessing me with the film Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> and now we've all grown. <laughs> <laughs> what is Jupiter Ascending? Uh, is a good question. Um, it's a lot of things. It's Cinderella. Sometimes it's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> At one point it's like a rollerblading movie. It's like Alita. It was like Alita. <laughs> It was like, um, what was, um, what was the movie we watched that you like with the, um, the pearl aliens? Um, oh, um, Valerian, Valerian, Valerian in the city of a thousand crystals. Yeah. Is that really like what that. it was called? No, it was something very close to that though. I think it was Valerian called Root. Valerian <laughs> um, in the city of a thousand planets. Wikipedia lists it as a space opera. That is, I guess, accurate. <laughs> it's kind of like the Wachowskis doing their Star Wars knockoff, kind of. I guess. But, uh... <laughs> this wasn't very good this time. Um, gonna give it a zero. <laughs> no, I think I would give it, like, a one. What do you think? I'd give it a one out of ten. A one out I... of ten? I mean, I've been struggling with this because now we're in this world where we have this self-contained universe of ratings, where like a zero out of zero is anti-coronavirus. Right. This movie clearly is better than anti-coronavirus. It has more, th there was more thought put into this movie. There was more effort. There was So we gave anti-coronavirus zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's okay. our new baseline, zero. Sure. And um, every Stanley Kubrick movie is our new baseline 10. Right. Um, I, I mean, like, so, like, this movie had a plot. Right. And, like, mm -hmm. actors. 
and like some uh, some some special effects. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, and there were <laughs> scenes. There were scenes. Technically, and it would begin in one situation. The situation would end, and another would begin. Yeah, and then yes, yeah, there were scenes. There was family. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of talk of family. Um. So. So like, let's see. We gave cuties like a. Two point five and a three. Cuties was. Are you gonna? I want to say like. Do yeah. you want to put yourself in a world where you're someone who calls cuties better than Jupiter ascending? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think like if if we're using the like cuties as the barometer for anything, then we need to just put it at zero. Because like cuties is criminal. Like it's an actual crime to watch. Cuties. You uh you wrote my tenant score under your tenant score and vice versa. What do you mean under? Like it's inverted, bro. Tenant. Yeah, like it this says that I gave tenant an eight and that upsets me. Really? Yeah, you did it vice versa. Oh wow, that couldn't have been a mistake. I mean that must have been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really misrepresenting you. Yeah, it sure is. Um, um I'm like really trying to stall to avoid talking about the movie we just watched. <laughs> um so uh, I, th I thought it would be a funny bit if I like looked up the Wikipedia like plot synopsis and read it in a very monotone mm. like the single par like dry paragraph like but it's like 14 pages long because oh it would God. have to be because it's the most complicated. Should I just plot read here. it in the inside out British voice and then cut that's the end of the episode? Dude, I don't know. I give this movie like a three and a half. I hate like three and a half. And like that's only because you're a huge Speed Racer fan. I, I just I don't know where we're allowed to rate things anymore now that we've seen <laughs> things like Little Italy and anti coronavirus. And well, I've told you multiple times. I like, get it straight in your fucking head. There's two charts. There's one in which it's overall importance to the movie blues universe yeah. and, and and its level of humor and the other is is it a good movie yeah so the in, golden gun rating is what the movie is as a film in what this contributes to film it's a zero <laughs> but, but, but there you are you think it's a 3.5 in like, terms of in jokes like because future like, referencing there there was like an effort at some lofty sci-fi ideas and like some like heady plot threads that were just executed in like the most shallow convoluted pointless way mm -hmm. possible but there were ideas there so it inherently has more value mm -hmm. than something like cuties and at moments it looked and sounded cool at moments at other moments it looked like absolute garbage the editing was terrible um, yeah, no, I guess I gave it, like, a two. I hated it. I hated all of it. I, I, I asked you for a time check on the movie so many times. There were a couple moments where I thought, all right, this is, like, a decent idea. Like <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan turned to me at one point, <clears throat> and in a panic was just like, can we please just cut it off now? If we cut it off now, we'll still have time to watch something else. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, like, I was like, we still have time to jump ship. <laughs> Um, Jump Ship, we did not. Um, this movie... Much was... unlike Channing Tatum, who jumped from <laughs> ship to ship <laughs> on his blades of steel. <laughs> um, Rachel, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was god-awful. Mm -hmm. um, I complained a lot during it. Mm -hmm. You checked out. Uh, I did pick up my phone multiple times. Right. I really had nothing on my phone. I was just looking for something. Sure. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> you were just looking for something. No one was buzzing me. I was just scrolling around trying to find entertainment somewhere. What do you think um, compared to Wonder Woman 1984 in terms of how much of a bummer this movie was? <laughs> Damn, I, I really hated both of these movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is so hard. I think they were exactly equal at a zero. <laughs> Um, I think I may have liked Wonder Woman like a little bit more than this. This was real. Well, yeah, no, I actually no, liked it. No, like, honestly, no. I point can't. one. I'll give it a point one. Wonder Woman. A point okay, one. Okay, Rachel's review score for Wonder Woman 1984. Point one. Um, uh, I I think that that is dude. like a one and a half, and that Jupiter ascending is like a one. So um, I, while this was going on, I've been reading the the Wikipedia plot synopsis. That's like eleven pages long. Um, so remember, there was a point. I, I want to say like a half hour into the movie where I had you pause it and we were like, let me just recap to make sure I have an idea. And like I recapped what the general plot thread was, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So that is like four fifths of this 11 page fucking Wikipedia synopsis. Mm -hmm. The f the next hour and a half that we watched of the movie is one paragraph. Hmm. Well, I mean, someone got bored while they were drafting that up. It's fucking bonkers. Well, that's because the last third of the movie was just Mila Kunis flying through space in various over over crashes, over. explosions, free falls. Like, what do we and do? And Jenning Tatum rescuing her. Yeah, or whatever. Wait, what do we do? Do we talk about the plot? Like, Rachel's got a hot take, guys. Okay, I'll take Rachel's okay. take. So this movie was just dialogue explaining things that would have been better had we seen it in mm -hmm. action, like we discussed. Mm -hmm. Then the other part was just action scenes that weren't valuable at all. They were just the same ship floating over and over again and things flying by your eyes and Channing Tatum like flying with Mila on roller skates like, in the air. But just over and over, like the action scenes, though, although a lot of money and special effects were put into them, were just focused on the wrong. Like they just, it was the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it, it wasn't was quite telling a story. a huge jerk off sesh. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Channing Tatum in this movie. Um, as filmmakers, the Wachowski sisters, at this point, they're just the Wachowskis, so they're mid-transition. I, I don't know. Or one was a girl and one was not. It, it doesn't matter. Gender, all, all of them were the Asian purple-haired girl on the flying yeah, all invisible of, motorcycle. All of them were Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Channing Tatum in this movie, they ask you to believe a lot of things about him. They ask you to one, believe... One, that he's an actor. That one, that he is a serious actor. <laughs> Two, that he is a werewolf. Three, that he is from space. Four, that he's a werewolf from space. Five, but he's also part human. He used to have wings. Yeah. He no longer does. Oh, yeah, but he. But Six, that he had wings. And he's part human, though, also. Seven, that he has fangs. Eight, <laughs> and maybe this should even be one, that he's blonde. Nine, that he roller skates through midair with, like,. Gravity shoes. Gravity shoes. Yeah, it's like and a that's Tron his main type thing. Glide. Ten, that he is the fiercest, most intimidating warrior that Sean Bean has ever met in an inter intergalactic army. It was a lot to ask. It was a lot, a, a lot put on Channing Tatum for a role, um, and he did not. He did not play it well. Yeah. <laughs> he did not deal with it well. It honestly was. It felt like a movie that uh, was written in like the year two thousand and one. It really did. Like, all of the things in it would have made more sense if it was, like, right. a, a much stupider, more 2000s to 90s movie. I, I was I was thinking about, like, this is, like, the fever dream. 
like retard mononucleosis version of like Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise like getting to like the level where they get to work with Stanley Kubrick with Eyes Wide Shut, mm -hmm. Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis get to work with the Wachowskis. They must have thought like this is it. This this, imagine watching yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Mila Kunis was like doing like a Mark Wahlberg impression the whole movie. She's like, so what are you saying? I'm like a like a space princess or something. <laughs> And they would be like, they'd be like, yeah. And she's like, so what, like, I've never been, like, stung by bees? <laughs> she, like, all of her delivery was yeah, so was wooden and so bizarre. This is a movie by... I just kept thinking of Mark Wahlberg. I don't know why. By a pair of multimillionaires where the ultimate message is that, like, the poorest should just be happy with what they had to begin with. Like, Mila Kunis starts as a housekeeper, ends Dude. as a housekeeper, and she's happier when the she fact, goes back to being a housekeeper. The fact that she ends as a housekeeper, <laughs> and the ramifications for and her she, having this Cinderella adventure where she meets Channing yes. Tatum, and, and goes through an entire inter intergalactic war where she's, like, given a fortune, yeah. and the fortune is taken away, and it's, to, like, re-swindled. To everyone, everyone at home, to everyone at home the, the, who has assuredly hasn't watched Jupiter Ascending, because who, like... Dan is one of four people who saw this movie in theaters, apparently. <laughs> uh, the the, the situation is basically that Mila Kunis um, happens to have the same DNA genetic makeup of, like, the mother of some chode from intergalactic space mm -hmm. a billion years ago. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she's the rightful owner of Earth. That's like we spent like an, right, so a solid hour, an to hour get into to that. the movie. They're like trying to explain that and the way that they explain, and explain it. Explain, they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's literally like Rachel was saying. It's like a movie where every other scene is just hard explaining. Like it's like, so on the nose. Every it's unbelievable. Scene, There's even a point where a woman, the woman goes, "Aren't you wondering how old I am?" Just so that she can explain like the like the life the lifespan rules of the universe we're in. She literally says, don't, aren't you wondering how old I am? And she's like, I was. She's like, I am 10 millennia. <laughs> Mila was like, 43? Yeah. Mila was like, I don't know, like 43 or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. Um, so there were some fantastic um, uh, roles and, and portrayals in this movie. Um, Mila Kunis was exceptionally wooden in this movie <laughs> um, and every other scene of the movie is someone in a various level of power or a various costume or alien CGI makeup just explaining things to her hardcore <laughs> yeah. and her just being like no way I've never heard of that and like back and forth and back and forth and like on literally on and on and yeah, on throughout it, the whole she's movie. She's so like just like mildly interested in all of it when like the information you're getting would Mind make blown. your entire Same. fucking world shatter like this is a woman who um, the the initial conceit is that she's been convinced by her seedy Russian cousin to donate her eggs. Don't even get me started. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Oh yeah, we need to talk um, about yeah. And like, she in turn goes to get get the surgery, and while this happens, she gets like suspended in mid animation, like mid air, flipped around, like Channing Tatum like bust through like I don't know a bunch of people bust in, and there's like a space war all around her while she's like about mm -hmm. to have her like gyno exam. Can you slow down though? Like why? Like we're, it's like fifteen minutes into a movie and we're doing a floating upside down gyno exam. 
Um, um, and, and she's just like, she's like, oh, this is she's this is wacky. The movie like her, starts she's with amused by Mila all of it. Kunis being Cinderella, cleaning up like her friggin' ugly stepsister's house and like singing to the mice and yada yada yada, and then it is discovered that for money's reasons, her and her cousin have devised a plan wherein. She is going to go sell her eggs at a, I guess, a shady clinic when it could be done above board completely for the same amount of money. It wouldn't matter at all that you'd need to do it shadily. And apparently the cousin is going to get a cut of the money from her selling her eggs. And that's like a major plot point to illustrate where she's at That she's like an idiot. But like even during that, she's not really perturbed by it. She's pretty neutral about pretty much everything that happens in this movie. Pretty willing, and Dude. Um, she just really wanted that telescope. Uh, yeah, as, uh, as, so if I sell my eggs for $10,000, <laughs> I get a telescope? As Wikipedia describes, years later, Jupiter makes a modest living as a housekeeper to her wealthy Sorry. neighbors. Wanting this is to, the end, you're, you're saying. Want, wanting to buy a telescope, Jupiter agrees to sell her eggs. I just don't understand how a bunch of writers sat in the room and said, this is how we show her level of desperation. She yeah. needs to sell her eggs. Mm-hmm. And not only that, she needs to do it on the black market mm-hmm. and give her cousin a cut of the money. Mm-hmm. It just could have been portrayed so much easier. It could have been portrayed literally in any other any way. Other way. There's, there's any number of ways that people can get money. Yeah, it was upsetting. This movie... I mean, especially, like, knowing it's by the Wachowskis, like, there's so much bizarre, like, grapplings with femininity. femininity. Like, there's that one line that was, like, lucky for you, a woman owns this car, and then they, like, punch open the fucking glove box, and there's a tampon, and then she fucking bandages Channing Tatum's wounds with a tampon. Channing Tatum has been gored by a giant (laughs) alien lizard at this point in the movie. He's got a giant wound where you can like pretty much see his rib cage through the side of his body and Mila Kunis is like in the car with him and she's literally like luckily this is like a woman's car or whatever and then she <laughs> opens up the glove box and there's a a woman's sanitary pad yeah just one just, just one just, and it's like moving out of the it's ready to go yeah. it's ready to go and she Ra- grabs Ra- it and Rachel just, as, as the resident woman of the movie blues pod universe is that the situation in women's cars do you keep one loose pad just a foot I would say no. <laughs> I would agree with that. You, you'll keep one, not even one, like in the overhead visor or anything. That's how you know it's a woman's car. No, you, it's just like with your is, car registration. Is Lana you know? Wachowski it depends like... depends what kind of flow you're dealing with. Lana Wachowski is like... Some girls, it's going to be like the situation where you got to... It's like a stopper and a dam. You know what I mean? It's like oh at, at a second's notice. <laughs> you need to have it open, open. completely open. <laughs> yeah. While you're driving. While yeah. you're driving. Yeah. I don't know. In this situation, if you would stuff it down the pants, it would catch on everything. You'd have to be wearing a skirt and like yeah. having a huge period problem. And is it her car? Or she's just saying... Luckily, no, this is somewhat a yeah. woman's car. Yeah. So the minute before then, she's trying to show how good she is, and she's like, I'm just looking at all the paperwork to make sure I can return this car to the right person afterward. Mm. She's like, I just want to make sure this person knows who stole her car, and that will give it And then back. while she's looking for the paperwork, I assume there was a scene that they cut where she was like, oh, there's a pad Yo, there. white people need tampons all... Uh, sorry, that was wrong. No, that's not, and it's not... Yeah, that's not the time for that, honestly. We could do without that this time. Um... Um, and then that's like a moment after that line there was uh, someone yelling uh, don't drag me into your male mating rituals I don't remember that <laughs> I must have clocked out it was like Channing Tatum and Sean Bean like fighting mm. on like the lawn 
like, and someone just comes out and she yells that, and, like, it was like, wah, wah, like, it was meant to be, like, a comedic beat, but there was no comedy here. There was, there was no joke. <laughs> yeah, this was a joyless movie. There was no jokes at all that landed or made sense. I feel like the Wachowski is just, like, read about like the bee extinction going on. Yeah, I feel like this a bee, and, a bee extinction article was read. Yeah, and they were like, we need to, to make this like liberal wet dream. <sighs> so there's a fucking scene in this movie <laughs> where we are we are like realizing that Mila Kunis is not only like some intergalactic star child like resurrected on Earth, but also that she's royalty. She's like is like the queen of the fucking universe or something to that effect or heir apparent to she and, is um, the owner of the world so she's a that is the central conceit of the movie is that Mila Kunis <laughs> local housekeeper Jamper. is the intergalactic on paper owner of the world due to the fact that she has the exact same DNA makeup of the rightful heiress to the earth from a billion years prior um, I feel like people kind of intimated that from what we've been talking about, though. <laughs> I'm going to go a little further just so everyone understands. Yeah, go ahead. So this, go off, this person, this woman who Mila has her DNA, was the mother of three wicked children. Oh, yeah. And the three children yeah. are fighting over who gets to fuck with Mila Kunis the most throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Earth is like their plaything mm-hmm. that they're like discussing. Including Eddie Redmayne who turned in my favorite performance I've seen today so far, which was um, like inside out British whisper screen talk. (laughs) Well, you would go like this. And then he would go like this! Dude, you know, you know that that guy... And he would say things like, the galaxy is mine. (laughs) No go! You know that that guy... And that was for real his whole dedicated performance for the entire 100%. Movie. And he got this role. It was like us. His, his agent called him. His agent called him, told him that he got the role. And he was like, man, I'm going to be in the next Wachowski fucking mm-hmm. sci-fi banger. I got to make this, this nuts. This is my chance to be Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. This is going to be iconic. <laughs> agent Smith has Mr. Anderson. Like, Oh, yeah. I need I need my iconic my fucking like my thing for this weird one? speaking cadence and that's what he came up with. He's like, I want to do the voice of someone who's on their deathbed. <laughs> he sounds like in the Power Rangers movie after Zordon's thing gets destroyed and he's just like the old guy with a sweater. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it has like a totally different accent <laughs> from the thousands of hours he's like, of talking. Rangers. For he's like Rangers. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's um. It's a bunch of choices that he did in a row in this movie, and I appreciated all of them because, like, the whole second half of the movie is this, like, um, three sisters-ish, like, Russian play of, like, her vying for affection from Wait, these three different rich people throughout I the galaxy. I just realized that's exactly the same thing as Cinderella. Well, yeah. It, yeah, part, I mean, the, the wicked, sisters. it's the wicked stepsisters. Yeah. And, and they're all like, no, it's my shit. And Eddie Redmayne is technically a sister. And, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because he's really feminine. How dare you! <laughs> Is that um, guy like really embarrassed now looking back at this film of the way he looked and spoke? I think you'd be more embarrassed if anyone had seen it, is the problem. Okay. I think I and now the two of you are like the only people <laughs> who have seen Jupiter Ascending. I've never heard of it. Um, it's real bad, and unlike a lot of movies no, in this not podcast... Not Michael Giacchino's best work, either. Oh, is Giacchino on there? Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, he's he's taking some fumbles, especially with the Wachowskis. <clears throat> I, don't know, um, I don't know what you mean by that. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, this movie sucked, and not in a way, like, you know, a genius masterpiece like Little Italy sucked. It sucked in, like, a unrecommendable way. So when you were doing your, uh, rant about the ratings, like, as a contribution to the podcast, like, I think also Hard Zero. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I don't care to think about this movie ever again. Like, yeah. Just bury I, me without it. I really hated it. I'm, I'm reading some uh, some reviews right now. Rotten Tomatoes uh, critical consensus is pleasing to the eye, but narratively befuddled. So, like, obviously, <laughs> I had a, um, a thing that I was going to do. Your phone's supposed to be in airplane mode, bro. You're probably, like, buzzing all over the no, place. No, I have this shit open already. You had the, the Rotten Tomatoes for Jupiter sending open and locked on your phone? No, I'm quoting it within Wikipedia. Whoa. All right, edit all that out. Thank you for attributing your sources. Um, <laughs> um, I was going to do a skit wherein I did um, Speed Racer reviews or Jupiter Ascending reviews and have you choose between it. Okay. But I did not do it because the reviews for Jupiter Ascending are so depressing. <laughs> like, it's so obvious the ones that are about Jupiter Ascending, they're all like, it's just like so slow and so boring. And like, that is... My ultimate takeaway from this movie Me too. is that $200 million or whatever it cost to make this movie, it was just so goddamn boring. And, like, it was... I prefer Speed Racer in this case if I had to be pushed up against the wall in terms of terrible movies that the Wachowskis have made. I would say that we, Speed Racer has more to it. Um, this movie does not live within the same universe as Speed Racer. Like, at least... came we, from the same fucking like, minds, even, bro. Even if you hate Speed Racer, like, Speed Racer, you could, <laughs> at the end of it, clearly lay out what the fuck you just watched. Right. You could lay out what the plot was. There was, yeah. like... I mean, it was just there like was, a race. There was a logic to it that was not forced upon you in this one. Like, this one, <laughs> the narrative threads were already so tenuous that they needed to repeatedly explain them to you, like, mm. throughout, just to, like, you could tell there were so many shots that were just the results of, like, notes from the studio being, coming back, being like, we have no, at, mo at minute 16, we have no idea what the fuck's going on, you need <coughs> to, like, do an exposition dump. At moment 43, we needed to, like, you to remind the audience what the fuck is happening in this movie, like... It needed a second draft, that's for sure. <laughs> Dude, it's so convoluted. It's just a bizarre plot. It's just of just like contrived plot points to get to what? Like what? Like what is cool the reason for it? Wasn't it? like Val the Valerian, where while it was kind of similar. I mean, that movie in... was bad. Okay, loved it. But okay. anyway, um, at least you saw like a lot of really cool like worlds and like yeah. was it Rihanna is like a bubble yeah. creature. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what is this? We'll talk about that later. There's a. It's by Luc Besson of Leon, the professional in The Fifth Element. He has a movie that he made, recently made, a sci-fi movie called okay. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Okay. It's, it's very cool. similar to the movie we just watched, but like a little more enjoyable. It's basically like lots of aliens, too many aliens. It's... These two movies suffer from too many aliens. Wait, also, yeah. the two main characters are people who are just, like, too hot to, like, be considered, like, real right. both, characters. Both, <laughs> both like, of those models. movies. Those movies are very similar, Jupiter Ascending, in that, but I, I enjoyed that, mo like, much more than this. But, just, but yeah, the terrible. point is, 
that in this movie, like we said, there's just nothing going on. Nothing was, they had so many cool special effects, but it was the same shot over and over yeah. again. It was dark. There's a lot of spinning space, through spinning. different spaces. And they're just glass they're just, flying everywhere. They're spinning so like glass. 30 plates at once and none of them pay off. Like, like why is Channing Tatum a part werewolf? Like, that didn't need to be part of the story at all. It only oh, bro, exists you... so, so that there could be a subplot about that, like, he's prone to attack royalty. Are you not being sensitive to his splicing? Which they made seem like a, a racist thing in this movie. Yeah, right. They're like, he's a damn splicer. Yeah, it's the same. It's like he's a muggle. <laughs> yeah. Get it, Rach? Yeah. Guys, we're watching Harry Potter. We just watched the first one. It wasn't very good. Or, no, not a muggle. A mudblood. <laughs> Ooh, that's what it was yeah, like. That's, that's how go. they were treating it. Should we watch the second one tonight? Okay. That's certainly a better film than this. Just will be a great day overall. Yeah. Harry just... Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is <laughs> light years beyond this movie, <laughs> and I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> I agree. Um, damn. Has, so... that, has anyone watched? You? I, I mean, we can. Can anyone call in if they've seen Jupiter Ascending? Guys, um, it, call in if you've uh, seen Jupiter Ascending. My number is nine one four. Six two nine. Why? <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding, guys. Don't call Rage. You're just giving the number to Seville Bakery. <laughs> Don't, yeah, just giving the number to Seville. Um, yeah, what else sucked dick about this movie? I mean, this movie opens up with like a couple who are happily married and having a baby. They show. <laughs> what was with this scene? Wait, I'm not so, thinking about it. What the no fuck? Reason. I'm just saying it didn't pay off. That was where no Matt. That, that was Mila Kunis's parents. But listen, her her personal DNA had nothing to do with the alien. She was a her DNA was a reincarnation of this intergalactic queen. It totally. didn't have to do with her parents. Totally. So why did we need to see her parents' relationship? Her getting Also, murdered, like, her parents her getting robbed? Murdered. What a weird her, scene that was. Her parents were robbed. It all happened quick. And then her mom was uh, on a boat to America, and it was a very disgusting scene of Mila being born. Um, yeah, extra then, slimy birth scene for a movie like Mila this. Mila being a janitor. I mean, it really had nothing to do with anything. Hard cut to Mila Kunis cleaning a toilet. And yeah. her face was so close Just to the toilet. To give you, to give you, to give you an idea. That's how you clean a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> she was sitting next to the toilet. Good like point this. by Rach here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, her face was like directly next to the toilet. <laughs> she flushed it. Yeah. Like, and the other so thing so is like in movies where they like do like a scene at the beginning and then a scene at the end to like signify either a character's growth or lack of growth, whatever, that the linchpin scene of this movie was her cleaning a toilet. Yeah. It's fucking incredible yeah. for a, a fucking hundred plus million dollar sci-fi epic. Before we get to there, um, dear listener, you, you'll you realize that that intro scene with the loving family having their child, this clearly left an effect on Rachel. You would think that, you know, this is something... If they're going to put the amount of time to make this be the entire intro to the movie, which it's probably a solid, I don't know what, 10, 10 minutes of the movie, is this Mila Kunis's parents' parents that don't exist moments into it um, and that robbery. But the situation is um, summed up in the Wikipedia article in literally just like one passing sentence where uh, Jupiter Jones narrates that her father, Maximilian, met her mother in St. Petersburg. After Maximilian is killed in a robbery... Aleska names their daughter Jupiter after his favorite, after his favorite planet, and they move to Chicago. And that is all. So the first ten minutes of the movie are really like, just I, I, a will, I, I just want to say it went by very quick, and by very quick I mean like with the scene in which the the mother and father get robbed and the father is murdered is literally like three shots. 
it's like they're some they're having this nice moment in like a cabin or where the fuck they were. Cut to like a gang yeah. of robbers <laughs> with ski masks on, like a battalion of yeah, men it's coming like an to their house. Amount of people um, come into their house. <laughs> then, like the next shot is like literally things being taken. Cut three seconds before that cut, and then the father is shot. And then they walk out the door. It's like in the span of seven seconds, yeah. this entire thing takes place. And I was just like, what in the fuck is going on now? Like, the whole what? purpose was just to give it... It's what I was saying earlier about the plot contrivances. The whole purpose of all of that was just to give a reason for her name to be Jupiter. Yeah. I guess so. Why was she narrating? over it. I, dude, I don't know. I mean, the whole oh, movie... I forgot she was narrating. Yeah, the whole movie has a real, like, you're kind of wondering how I got here. But, <laughs> oh, no, but like... the first... I can't even believe I haven't talked about it. The first fucking line in this movie opens up. Oh, my God, yeah. And she's yeah. just like, I guess I'm, like, kind of an alien or something. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she's yeah. like, no, like... No, like an illegal one, but like, you know, like an alien. Yeah. And she is referring to, like, the fact that, like, no, her mom said, is Russian. She and goes, I guess, technically speaking, an illegal alien, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like identity politics right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> that was like literally the intro. Like that, that was the intro, intro voiceover. Mila Kunis is so fucking relaxed in this movie. <laughs> Dude, like, you've never seen a more relaxed person. I've never person. seen a person roll with the punches more yeah. while confronted with just mind-blowing mind amount of information. Mind-boggling info. In the course of 48 hours, she's given, like, basically the keys to the universe. Dude, at one point in this movie, Mila Finds Kunis' she's friend... she's a god. Yeah, like, Mila Kunis' friend is, like, All she cares about aliens. is getting werewolf dick. She's getting abducted by aliens, and the aliens are all around her. <laughs> and she has this, like, horrible experience... And takes a photo of it on her phone, and then goes through her whole life the next day totally normally. At one point, she they got men in black minderways. I know, but at one point they show her on the bus, and she pulls out her phone. And she sees like the picture of it, yeah. or is in the doctor's office, wherever. And she was just like, eh. yeah. She looked at it like she was kind of troubled by it. Yeah, right. She was like, hmm. yeah, not like, oh, here's a photo of my friend being like kidnapped by an army of fucking aliens. And and while she was mind wiped, they did show that her face suggested that she knew something had happened. Yeah. Remember when they cut, like, yeah. literally a hundred times in this movie, they cut to Mila Kunis's face, and she's just kind of like, huh? Uh, the, the, uh, the way they described this in the, uh, in, in the synopsis was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Jupiter photographs them, but they erase both of the girls' memories of the incident. Jupiter finds the strange photograph on her phone while waiting at the egg donation clinic, but cannot recall anything about it. Why well, would she be <laughs> Like, if you look through your phone and saw a picture of your friend or her underwear being hoisted up and abducted by aliens, you'd be like, this is bad. I need to make some phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever I'm doing right now, I'm not going to do it. You would go enter a room for surgery yeah. on your vagina. Like, if I just, like, went into the doctor's office for an allergy shot and opened my phone <laughs> and, like, it was, like, Dan Spread Eagle and, like, a bunch of aliens behind him, like, rotating his body around, I'd be I like, this be like, is I'll, I'll deal with this. very bad. Yeah, I wouldn't deal with this after my elective surgery. <laughs> yeah, like, I need to, like, confront this up front. And, like, now she not only has a notion that it happened, but then, like, it, it she sees the picture and it's just, like, 
her reaction is just so tepid. Yeah. Like, so much in this movie. And, like, she's, especially when she's, she's going like, around. She, this is, like, her Vin Diesel, dude. Like, she was straight playing a being great herself. fucking Vin. She was, like, being, like, she Mila Kunis on total auto, yeah. autopilot. Complete yeah. autopilot. She ate, like, she's a like, Valium. The character is, like, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, the yeah, Hawaiian, she's, like, girl that was. Yeah, totally, totally. Mila Kunis is a fucking terrible actress. <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody's out there, like, actually thinks she can act. But, like, yeah, she, she was god-awful in this movie. Yeah, it turns out if you cast her as anything beyond just herself, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, this was like the the amount of intergalactic politics in this movie was like Star Wars Episode One, like blown out for like two fucking hours. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, like, it's you a lot. all the worst the elements of Star Wars Episode One. Oh yeah, there's one alien that they were like, they were like Ganesh. Ganesh. I, I'm almost positive that was his name, which is like an Indian elephant god. Yeah. I'm probably wrong about that. But um, uh, he, they're like, Ganesh, like, dive! And they, they cut to him, and he's like... Rrr! And I was just like, oh my god, what? Like, yeah. They will throw anything into this movie. Like, yeah. anything is on, on the fucking table. There's one species that are, like, these lizard, like, holographic Charizard-type creatures. Like, I, they had wings. Yeah, they were, like, dragons <laughs> and people and I've lizards. Nev I've never seen a movie with so many battles in which I did not care yeah. one bit. There was I started picking out my phone during the battle Yeah, I know. Because I knew Every battle scene, I was just like, alright, well, yeah, no, same. I was, uh, I was enjoying the sound effects of the battle scenes on, on my speakers more than anything. Just yeah. kind of closed my eyes and tuned out. What happened here? Like, so many people are involved. Just, once again, in the Wachowskis were just allowed to do whatever they want. And um, they've done that a few times to me now. And, um, so what else is there? What was the movie after the this? Ma the Matrix 4 is going to be their next movie after this. Okay, so like that, this before is their this most was recent movie. Speed Racer? Oh was there anything between yeah. this and Speed Racer? No, I don't think so. I could be wrong about that. I'm less so. stoked for Matrix 4 yeah. <laughs> than I was previously. Uh, I'm really like, just generally in, in, in a state of, like, this movie, in a state of disbelief that they have it. Like I'm, I, yeah. And they didn't have to ship it out to a different director, like I, Jordan Peele or something. I, I mean, while looking, <laughs> this movie simultaneously looks like expensive while looking like total garbage. Yeah. Like, yeah. It looks yeah. like an episode of Battlestar Galactica, basically, for like most of it. It like, looked like Transformers sometimes. Yeah. It looked like there was so every there was so bad much CGI, movie. just yeah. so much. Yeah. At one point, Mila like fell down with the, the one of the three evil brothers and was like, whoa, whoa. She and like falling so and she grabbed onto that rope and swung yeah. over and then they put her on something that was shaking and just she was just like just like kind of waving her arms around. It looked it didn't even look like she was There were so many digital recreations of Mila Kunis falling in flannel <laughs> in this movie in like different flannel so shirts yes. and like the texture on her flannel just looked like rubber yeah. and like you know my TV does certain things for certain movies but for others it like curses them yeah this movie was like a video game cutscene yeah for, this, like, this was like a Gears of War cutscene <laughs> yeah. mixed in with the story of Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast and like Check. It, it was like, did you ever see like any of the like CGI animated like the like Halo movies? Uh, like at the time, maybe the first one that like they did, Halo Red vs Blue and shit. It's like, just a cutscene. It just that's what we just watched, mm. but without plot. 
It's just so boring. It was so boring. Information really about like no, she just rolls with the punches. Everything's fine. Halfway through the movie, she just the only thing she's really been thinking about is she turns to Channing Tatum and is like, "I've always picked the wrong men." I know. Wrong man now. The amount of information. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of information (laughs) that had entered her head over the past twenty-four hours. The fact that like what she's concerned about is like her earthly, benign, everyday idiosyncrasies and insecurities. Like, no, you, in the past 24 hours, you were just kidnapped by aliens, Uh see, you're on the verge of death numerous times, discovered that you're the heiress to the entire planet of Earth, that uh, human, the human race has existed for a billion years, that God isn't real, that there's like massive wars over making your entire planet a plaything, and your concern is like, oh, I always pick the wrong guy. Like, who would be thinking about love in a situation like that? It would be the last thing on No, I'd be huddled in the fucking corner, rocking back and forth in fetal <laughs> position, like, begging someone for a Xanax. <laughs> like, the revelations and backstory of what's happening to the world and what happened, like, to the galaxy at large is interesting. And, and focused onto a more serious movie where nobody is, like, seen cleaning a toilet, for example... <laughs> It could have been an yeah. interesting idea. That's why That's why I gave it some points, because there were ideas that if handled by, like, any amount of competency, that but, there, there was a movie there. An idea is one thing, but, like, showing it is the other thing. Mila and the Kunis. fact that it had to be explained for hours on end and had no, like, visual representation to enjoy during those explanations, it was just absurd. Like, Mila they could have, when agrees. they were talking about billions of years ago when my mother ruled, they could have shown us like a cool yes. earth or like shown I know. people like there were constant opportunities earth. for them to show us cool shit and instead they just told us stories about it and then made like, all the mother, <laughs> yeah like come on like all man. the action scenes were for the shit that didn't matter while they explained all the cool shit off screen they didn't even show the mother like an old image of no the no, no it was just but it would have been Mila Kunis that's for sure <laughs> yeah it would have been Mila 100%. Kunis in a massive battle like lifting up like a 900 pound soldier like yeah and then, so then basically like then the antagonist it's a whole like fucking just like weird Oedipus thing almost like just like keeps Treated, talking to Mila Kunis as if she is his mother, and God, he wants to kill her and fuck her, and it's so yeah. weird. Yeah, it got so it's, odd. Yeah, and, through, and throughout all that, Mila, Mila Kunis's read is pretty much just like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Or just like, uh, like should I? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, thank there's you. Like a, there's like a pivotal, a quote unquote pivotal moment where like the options are either, um, you know, she's got to get married to this guy like for the paperwork. Or like the alternative is I didn't like understand what her intention was. Give up the alternative is to like just like willingly give up rulership of the earth. And she's like, either's fine. Whatever you guys want to do, I'll go with that. That's how she pretty much rolled into everything. And then in this at moment. the en- at the end of everything, she 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 lives this entire experience. She participates in a massive intergalactic war, and she chooses to ultimately in the end come home, remain Knowing that she is the rightful owner of the earth, she chooses to be a maid and leave her family living in squalor and poverty um, while secretly dating werewolf Channing Tatum on the roof and like roller skating in the sky during the day. Also, they, I mean, they the whole end series of fight scenes and confrontations were all very cyclical and very boring and it involved Mila Kunis saying multiple times like, I'm not your mother, all right? Like over and over <laughs> yeah. again in different fighting scenarios that she could never survive. 
Um, just, just, yeah, just... It, it was literally like, I'm beating you to death with this steel pipe. And she's like, takes the pipe. She's like, now I'm beating you to yeah. death with this steel pipe. It was so <laughs> dumb and just went on forever. Um, did we talk about the bees? I don't think we have. Um, I, I, I mentioned the, I, I was ramping up to it before. So like, there's a scene in this movie <laughs> Not where, the bees. where we're like recognizing that she is this royal, uh, bloodline reincarnated from space. Yes, that is the plot of this movie. Um, she's at Sean Bean's house. There are thousands of bees' nests everywhere. Everyone is acting, again, super-duper casual about it. Um, and this leads up to a scene where, like, the bees just start, like, kind of, you know, stinging people and stuff. And Mila Kunis is like, why aren't they stinging me? And they start, like, circling around her and, like, yeah. bowing to her in They're the just, air like, and hanging shit. out. Um, then Sean Here. Bean says something that, yeah, works on paper for a quarter second until you have to think about it for more than that. He's like, the bees, they respect royalty. And it's like, that's yeah. like a hive mind thing right. that bees do as insects because they know the pheromones yeah. of their queen. Right. This is a person who exactly. you are intimating is from a different galaxy. Like Again, we, it's a plot contrivance to reveal... To give an excuse to reveal that, to foreshadow that she's royalty. To have to back up your plot contrivance <laughs> with filling an entire setting of 20 minutes of your movie with 100,000 bees' nests <laughs> is just a little heavy handed. You I know mean, what I mean? I mean, yeah, this is a movie that started. I actually gather that the bees' nests were there not before. Like, the reason why they had those bees' nests was because when trouble occurred, like when enemies started coming, the bees. Like alerted them. Yeah, they were like an alarm system. They're like the beat. That was like yeah, the bees were like an alarm system. No, they built it because they were expecting. They they had been waiting for royalty to seek them out. I think was said at one point. Are you serious? Yeah, they were like (laughs) they were like that's why we have this here (laughs) because we've been expecting you. Is what they said to Mila Kunis. Um, Really, which is like in and of itself like so matrixy, but like shitty matrixy. It's like if Morpheus just lived in the woods it's and like had a bunch oracle. of bees like fucking <laughs> yeah. candy man. Yeah, instead of the oracle having kids bend spoons with their brain, so they're like, just like the, stirring the characters honey. in the scene with the bees, they say your majesty to Mila Kunis like, mm, like 20 plus times and she doesn't even question. After the 20th time, she's like, hey now, she's like, why are you all calling me your majesty? Yeah. Hey, wait yeah. a minute. It, 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 takes no like, hey, less, it takes no less than 15 times for her to ask someone why they keep referring to her as your majesty. Um, it happens numerous times. We were sitting there going, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? And Mila Kunis is just like moving on. And I'm, we, I'm like, do we need to rewind? Did we miss a massive thing where they explain that she's the queen of something? And she goes, hey, wait a second. Oh, um, I couldn't help but notice that you've been calling me your majesty. What's that all about? What's that, all, what's that craziness? Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, you're a queen. She's like, cool. Yeah, I mean, her reaction to it is tepid at best, honestly. She's, she's the queen like, of what? They're like, the entire earth. You own that shit. She's, she's like, like, oh, neato. She's like, oh, I don't know. I just like scrubbing toilets. Like, so stupid. I mean, this is a person that the entire movie is predicated on the idea that she was willing to go through surgery to sell her eggs so that she could afford to buy a telescope. That is what this entire... Plot is That's what the greatest from. stories are about, Dan. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the the only motivation that they could give that why she felt the need to have a telescope is because like her dad had a telescope and was killed. Her dad loved Jupiter. Oh, I need to um, remember. I need to make that. Connection. I guess there's like, some sort of implication that like she's huge, like connected to like the otherworldliness or but whatever. A huge section of the movie took place in like the eye of Jupiter. Yeah. So what was that about? It's fucking you know. 
Quinky Dink? Jupiter Man? Just for Jupiter imagery? Like multi-layered? I, I think we're missing a piece of the plot. Wherein, like... Wherein, like, she's placed or something. It's a, It just doesn't... No, it, it's just... It just it's doesn't just work bullshit. for me. But you know what? This movie is also like the, the J-Lo movie where she's a cleaning lady and, like, goes from rags to riches. Made in Manhattan? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is why we need a female co-host. Because who would have ever thought of that? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. It's like this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this one. So this movie was like... one-third <laughs> yeah. made in Manhattan. Yeah. From what I've seen in the trailer, that makes perfect sense. This movie was f uh, another... It's also, like been a strange common theme in this podcast another on a long list of movies filled with uh, opportunities for the protagonist to kill the antagonist and just like oh make, all, make all their worries go away and instead decide to just walk away like there's one scene in which Channing Tatum is holding a gun to the main antagonist's head and Mila Kunis is like just leave him alone and then the next fucking line <laughs> the is, next line is cut away it's a cut to like five, five minutes, minutes down the road, yeah. Channing Tatum be like, "We really gotta do something about this guy." <laughs> no, he goes, "We'll get him." Yeah, yeah, like, like pay. just yeah, he'll yeah, pay. Yeah, he's gonna Thanks, pay. Rich. Like he could have paid. <laughs> he was about to pay. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a real stinker. It was terrible. Um, that was awful. It, it made me hate your worked. TV. Made me. It made me hate <laughs> the TV. It made you hate the TV. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, it made we'll, me hate the art of cinema. We're gonna watch Return of the King on that bitch, and you're still gonna hate the TV. So, perfect, dude. What the fuck happened along, dude? Nobody it, could stop them. There are people that get paid so much money to be professional script supervisors and professional editors, and uh, like they they just get to do this to us. It's not right. It's not right. Like, people are out there storming the fucking Senate when they could be storming Warner Brothers for this. I know, this was a travesty. <laughs> this is far more egregious than anything Donald Trump Some of the has, things or you Joe just said, like, a lot of the things you just said are the same exact opinions on Wonder Woman. Yeah, this is <laughs> like, very similar in my mind. Like, I was thinking the same thing, like, how did the writers get away with all of that? Like, it's a travesty. And it's, it's just criminal. Just, like, it's criminal. Yeah. There should be, there should be like when there's like political, actual like big CEO, big wig crimes. They should just like have waves of arrest when movies come out like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the crime is solely just like crimes against the arts Th community. This, like, totally. This is like one of those movies that you know when you get like a visceral hatred. Like, there's like a certain category of movie that develops that feel with me. Like, right. I'm thinking of like Sucker Speed Punch. Racing. Like Sucker oh, Punch. Sorry, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is a movie that like. Every time I've seen it, I've been like extremely upset that the movie entire is time. So frustrating. <laughs> it's so awful. Like the movie's offensive in every way. It's offensive to your intelligence. Like it's like offensive to like someone's humanity as a human being. Like this yeah. movie, this sucked. It just insult. It insults me that like the amount of money that it cost to make this movie could like like save our city yeah a hundred percent like shame for shame people yeah. that put hundreds of millions of dollars into this and, oh, and not into like God. renovating like, like North you know, Philadelphia I think about like when we were like <laughs> we're kids and like Battlefield Earth was supposed to be this big thing and then that came out and it was fucking terrible Right. And like this movie's so much worse than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> that's I don't know, Dan. That's a pretty big claim. This movie's definitely I, worse than Battlefield Earth. I personally think Battlefield Earth is as bad as it gets. Really? Yeah. And it could it is it is sickening to watch Battlefield Earth. <laughs> I've seen Battlefield Earth like three or four times. 
It is insanely bad, but like has more to appreciate than this. So it would have a, a higher rating on the podcast scale, but a lower rating on the addition to film history. Like it's as bad as people say it is. It is as bad as it gets. It is the worst sci-fi movie maybe ever. I've never seen it. Uh, <laughs> you should watch it. It was kind of like this in that it's like super duper overblown beyond the max. There's a bunch of aliens. But it is like it's an it's a movie in which every single shot is canted, every <laughs> shot, and it's three hours long. So every shot is to the side, and then they cut to another person, and it's to this side, and they cut to this person, and it's to this side, and, and it's literally like it's it's sick. It'll make you sick to watch. It's a movie that John Travolta made to bring honor to L. Ron Hubbard because he is a Scientologist and L. Ron Hubbard wrote the book Battlefield Earth. So he, he and the kids of L. Ron Hubbard and their estate and legacy thought this was going to bring Scientology into the main world. It is fucking insanely bad. It's as bad as movies get. And it's mean-spirited, too. It's creation is done out of like malice and like cultism and just should be... That movie's the devil. Okay. We could watch it sometime. <laughs> um, it was more entertaining than this. John Travolta goes for it. Like, Eddie Redmayne doing this is like nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing compared to John That's Travolta. What I'm this is what I'm saying. Like, Battlefield Earth it's is similar. an absolute shit similar. pile. But like, I came out of that movie being like, there are things about that movie that I thought were entertaining. 100%. There was not a moment in this movie that I was entertained. No, nope, this sucks. I, in this movie, all I was feeling was dread about mm -hmm. the fact that there was still so much more movie. All right, well, what do you think, Rach? Still think it's a zero out of ten. <laughs> You're the queen of wrapping it up. Do you think we should wrap it up? Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to dignify this with a baby. Yeah, oh, definitely not. Zero babies. Zero babies up. That's like our Roger Ebert review of a really bad movie. Rach? Well, I think, a, Rach, I think you should wrap it up. It was a good time. And, good time. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll Are you going to thank us for inviting you? Next time. Thank you guys so much okay. for That's great. allowing me into the basement. No, no problem. <laughs> the studio. Studio! <laughs> like, it costs more the more people that are here, so you're welcome. Thank you for paying for studio time for me to join. Thanks for keeping it professional. <laughs> I appreciate your hard work here at the Movie Blues Podcast. I think... Slash the place right behind me where you do laundry. <laughs> For sure, the best part of this movie was the mozzarella sticks way directly before it. Yeah, air fried mozzarella sticks, people. You yeah, I'd like to give your air fryer a 9 out of 10 golden Thanks, cones. buddy. And contribution to the movie blues community also yeah. would be a 9 out of 10, I assume. Definitely more of a contribution to the film community <laughs> than... <laughs> They're fucking dude. Mila Kunis can't act for shit. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, she was like, she was like, if they gave an entire movie to Padme from just episode one, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. if it was like a Queen Amidala so movie, true. she was just so wooden <laughs> in, in in both forms. You know what I mean? Like just the way that like Queen Amidala, that was a wooden performance, yeah. but also Padme was a wooden performance. Right. It's not like she changed from the aristocrat, but still was like exactly as boring. Right. Like, same thing in this. So I mean, like you describing did... her as Mark Wahlberg is like overplaying an amount of uh, Giving engagement. her too much credit? Yeah. Like it's like too much engagement. Like, like less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she's far more relaxed than Mark Wahlberg. Cause like Mark Wahlberg is like, like that impression that's like he's like incredulous right whereas like this she's just so just like ambivalent towards everything what about like happening Mark Wahlberg where he's like right why does nobody respect science 
All right. <laughs> See you later, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the happening. <laughs>